What's, What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. I am Toshiba Oliver, one of your hosts. And I'm Leah Ross, your other host. Living as an urban Christian woman is an amazing gift and an incredible responsibility. We need God's truth to shape and transform us. The Urban Christian Woman is a space to help us grow in faith and steward who we are and the cultural context in which we live. On this podcast, we will excavate God's word and have great conversation about books the Bible, discuss things happening in culture along with its challenges and how the Bible responds, and hear from and be encouraged by women living faithfully in everyday spaces for the glory of God. So listen, wherever you are, know that in this space, come on in because the water is fine and be equipped for everyday life through the Urban Christian Woman podcast. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. Hey, ladies, and welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman podcast. Yes, we are so happy to be back with you all. We are in our series um, on mission. And last week, we focused in an introduction to just really land on the foundational uh, fabric of what it means to be on mission and then what it doesn't mean to be on mission. So mm-hmm. I am excited. I know Leah is as well around this conversation today as we get to look into the lives of women right in biblical text who are on mission. And y'all, it is chopped full of goodness. I mean, just so goodness. chock full. In fact, that we have to split it into two parts. Yes, we are going to have to split this into two parts. Yes, so we're going to cover two uh, groups of women today. And then next week, you will get um, another group of women who are on mission. So Leah, let's dig right in because I don't I don't want to take up one fabric of a moment today. <laughs> who are we talking There's about in regards asked. to women yes. in the Bible on yes. mission? On drop, mission? Drop who we coming through today with. Yeah, so today we're coming through with the Hebrew midwives. Uh, what? In- Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Who are we coming through with? The Hebrew midwives uh, okay. right out the gate in Exodus. Okay. And what's um, what's excellent is there's actually two um, Hebrew midwives named um, mm-hmm. Shipra and Pua. So hopefully mm-hmm. I did justice to those names. Yes. Um, and perhaps there were others, but those were the two that were named. And then we're also going to talk about the life of Abigail. Abigail mm. who, um, was the wife Coming of in high. a scoundrel. Uh, and eventually became David, straight clown. David's wife. Was straight was, clown. was a straight, as many of uh, those of you in the uh, black urban context would say, straight married to a, a clown. Uh-huh. Okay, a clown. quasi. Clown. Mm-hmm. But that might not be honoring to the Lord. So I mean, like, hey, there we go. I mean, it is in scripture. Don't flesh it out today. Clown. So I mean, I believe that even the CSB is like he's stupid and he deals stupidly. I know. Listen, y'all. If you read, if you mm-hmm. are not reading the Bible that we read, you know it is yeah. hot. It comes in <laughs> hot with the language. Okay, I be like, let me look at another translation. Nope, this say the same thing over there. Same thing. Yep. The Bible comes in hot sometimes. It comes in hot Just sometimes. As as scripture, as the canonical <laughs> word of God, it comes in hot. Come on now. Um, so, so let me, yeah, yeah so let me let the Hebrew can, wives, midwives mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, let's let's jump right on into Exodus um, chapter one. 
verses 15 through 21. I'm going to read that text and then we're just going to dig right in, Leah. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope y'all got y'all's Bibles today. Exodus 1, 15 through 21 is where we are. And it says, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, the first, whose name was Shifra, and the second, whose name was Pua, when you help the Hebrew women give birth, observe them as they deliver. If the child is a son, kill him. But if it's a daughter, she may live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had told them. They let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives and the people multiplied and became very numerous. Since the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Mm. So, Leah. So, yeah. First of all, let's give context, okay? Because context is is a blessed thing. It's a blessed thing. Coming in right um, in this place in the biblical story, where the twelve tribes of Israel had gone down into Egypt in order to uh, endure through a famine. Joseph, their brother, was already there. Yep. um, Because of the story he went through. Yep. Um, In Genesis, the the last half of Genesis, y'all can read that to get context. Um, but the uh, the rest of the 12 tribes come down and this is where they then dwell and they begin to multiply, right? I think right. it's like 70 of them that come down, right. but they are fruitful, right? Mm-hmm. And they multiply it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're on, they're on mission with the mandate. Right, exactly. So by the time we come to this part of Exodus, right, they're right. in Egypt, but the king is like, you know, the Hebrew, the, these people of Israel, like they're multiplying so much that now they're a threat to us as mm-hmm. a population. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do some population control and to keep power, mm. the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, makes this command of, no, start killing off some of these sons because they're multiplying too much. And so this, this is, is a- the place where we come into this part of the story. So this Ooh. is this is where... This is old school form of eugenics. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Eugenics ain't, oh, it didn't start with Margaret Sanger, saints. Okay. I'm just going to start that right there. I'm going to drop that nugget today. That was the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, Leah. Yeah, it basically is. Genocide, right? It's for eugenics. Genocide. And so, um, right, this is the interstage, right, where the Hebrew midwives come in and they feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had told them. Mm -hmm. So they were already in sort of this bridge building place, right? They're leaders among the people, among the women, and they were viewed as influential, right? This way in Mm -hmm. from the Egyptians, from Pharaoh. And so he's coming to them and saying, you know, like you, you have this place of influence and this is what I want you to do. But um, in Mm -hmm. their response, they show do I do I fear man or fear God? If yeah. I fear man, then I'm not a servant of God. And so right. they decide to obey God and then also do so in like a low-key, like subversive way, which I love that the right. Bible shows us that there's like, you know, there's complexity in how right. we're called to obedience right. when it's in complex circumstances, right? right. Which is like 
so worthy and, to just lay out there and say. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? I I always think about when I read passages like this of like trying to sort of like uh, take out every piece and part to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. And um, I think about the passage in Genesis that talks about some things are just a mystery and mm-hmm. we will not know. Um, until we see Jesus. And so just like what you're saying, the complexity of like what these women are doing, they're not oper- they're operating in more of that um, subversive way. And also mm-hmm. like, I was like, hmm, they're actually, is this a sort of a form of lying? Like where they uh, speak to Pharaoh and they say, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. Was that actually something that was going on? Well, the text does not tell us, but we know that, God was being honored and he was being glorified, what we do know. And mm-hmm. because of that, he's multiplying still through the lot through the yeah. lives of these women, um, honoring yeah. his original mandate, right? And that they know that there's no there's no command to obey a ruler who puts himself in opposition to the word of God, the nature of God, the law of God, the mandate Ooh, of God. You girl, know what I'm say saying? Say that one more time. There is say no that one more time. Know. <laughs> they 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 are showing that they know there is no pr- there's no precedent really to obey a wicked ruler when they put themselves in opposition to the very nature of God. Mm. And so this is really important for us even to know right now. I think right that, now, you know, there is there is a relevant context. We're gonna get to that in a minute. We're gonna yeah. get to what we can glean from their story. Um, but in, in essence, they have a high regard for life. They yes. know that is a part of God's mandate to yes. be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So this is how they're on mission, right? They're, right. They're, they're on mission by saying, no, no, no. God's command, his mandate to humanity. Yes, ma'am. Whether God-fearing or not, his mandate yes. to all of humanity yes. is was is to be fruitful and multiply and yes. fill the earth. So anyone, like we said in the first episode, who... Um, tries to cut off life, puts themselves in opposition to mm-hmm. the very mandate in the nature of God. And so they mm-hmm. identify that mm-hmm. and they're like, yo, like Israel is multiplying. They're, they're obeying the mandate in this right. way. Right. And this is why it's becoming a threat to the Egyptians. But if I have to choose between, you know, the leaders of Egypt and a holy God, yeah, it's the holy God every time. That's right. So they, and it says they feared God more than the earthly rulers. And so- That's right. That is that is where we see them really in tandem with the mandate and right on mission with the mandate. Yeah, yeah, and I I love it. I love what you're saying, Leah. And we can we can see that clearly around this this uh, this authority that God has. And the fact that they are submitting to the authority of God is repeated multiple Mm -hmm. times in these these six verses, right? And so they are Mm -hmm. on mission with the mandate. I I love it. Talk to us about, um, you've talked to us about being on mission with the mandate, Mm -hmm. right, to fill the earth. What is their calling that we can see from this Mm -hmm. uh, context? How does it play out in their roles? And then how does it um, flush out in their context? Well, let's 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 for sure tag team that because I know that I can speak to their calling and their role uh, as as midwives, right? Like yeah. I myself am in birth work as a doula, and the work of really coming alongside women to help give birth or to you know support women in birth that's a that's a very 
um, a, a really special calling to me. And I think it really aligns with um, supporting this fruitfulness, right? Supporting yes. this multiplication, supporting that that would be a thing that is holy and good mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. lovely. And so they're in that, right? Like they're yes. in that. They are yes. trained to come alongside and provide care to women mm-hmm. who are giving birth, right? Mm-hmm. And so because of that, right? Mm -hmm. They were for very much for life, right? Mm -hmm. They were for life and they were, they had convictions that life should not be taken, Mm -hmm. right? By anyone, anyone but God. That's right. At the, at the, at the end of the day. That's right. So they were in that way. Like we said, they're not afraid to be subversive to that because if you have power and authority operating a certain way, right? Like, and especially when you're talking about elements of power, right? In their role now, right. I'm I'm just gonna sort of like roll with this here, but I just feel like from the experience of even like the protest movement and things like that, like they were the first, they were the first protesters. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like they were the first uh, boycotters, if you will. Yes, like, they oh, were. We're not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if they were the first, but like here is a first example. Right, of that. right, right. Um, Going against what is unjust, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Unjust and and counter to the truth of the mandate. Absolutely. And so in doing that, yeah, they have to take a means that does not match necessarily like the typical lanes and roles of power because they didn't have that same amount of power. Right. So accomplish the purposes that that were um, on God's heart mm. of treasuring and protecting and preserving life. They had to sort of they had to sort of subvert power and do it in this different way. And I do think that we see other examples in Scripture where concealing the truth mm-hmm. from those who desire to destroy those who are wicked is consistent. I mean, you think about Rahab. You know what yep. I'm saying? You think about there are others that, um, because of their role in the margins of society, God yep. uses them to conceal mm-hmm. out of His wisdom. Mm-hmm. what would be used to destroy uh, his purposes and his plans. And for so sure. I think there's there's space for that um, that we see in scripture. And there's a way to really see that um, being honored in this space. So, um, yeah. and then Toshiba, what happens in light of their obedience, right? Like I love the end of this passage and it talks about how um, God, how God rewards them for their obedience. Yes. Yes, yes. I love the fact that these women are, um, they are leaning into that place of submitting to the authority of God and they are are being blessed for that, that not only are they preserving life, but mm-hmm. then God says, no, um, I also am going to bless you and I'm going to multiply your family. Mm-hmm. And it's right in alignment with um, this conversation of obedience. When, when our obedience um, aligns with the obedience of God, God makes us fruitful, right? Mm-hmm. We see it for them that he gave them their own families. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I would also say like, you know, I'm trying not to get into so much of like, oh man, I want to jump into what we can glean, but there is blessing for obedience. Amen. And it's not to say I'm going to obey because um, because I'm treating Jesus like an ATM. No, mm-hmm. I'm obeying because I love God Mm-hmm. And I want to honor him and honoring him operates in obedience. And so I think that there's this beauty of obedience and God um, uh, blessing them and making them fruitful as well. Mm-hmm. I also think that um, 
their mission and calling was definitely like God initiated and God enabled, right? Yes. Like the fact that these women are bridge builders and mm-hmm. that God had placed them in this very unique place, right? Like um, I think it's in um, the last part of this text that um, it, it talks about um, they feared God. They feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt told them. And it's it's showing this hierarchy that God is the one who has orchestrated through his providence um, what they are doing, where they are in place and time. And so they have this submission to him and their submission is leading them towards God-initiated and God-enabled work. It does Mm -hmm. not get thwarted off by... um, injustice, injustice Mm -hmm. in real time. And then I think that, um, which I'd love for us to flesh out a little bit more, is that their mission also meant um, not just um, that they would care for life, but that it also meant standing up in times of injustice through Mm -hmm. courage boldness, shrewdness, Mm -hmm. and it may even um, uh, inform some risk, right? Mm -hmm. We see that in real time because they're coming back and they're like, yo, what Mm -hmm. is happening? Mm -hmm. Why are are these boys being brought to life? We told you what to do. And um, these women are standing up to power. Mm -hmm. Human power. power. Yeah. (laughs) Human, let's make a clear... Mm -hmm differentiation, human power. power. And they're saying, Mm -hmm. listen, I submit to God first and then to the authorities that have been established through his sovereignty. And so, Mm -hmm. um, and when that goes in juxtaposition, I always go back to the hierarchy Mm -hmm. of creation. Right, right. Unless you are the author of creation, you don't get to speak authoritatively on creation. Girl. She, they're, they're both of these midwives and there, there may have been others were so, uh, it's, it's just the beautiful story of their conviction on that is just like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Mm -hmm. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. Talk to, talk to us about what we can glean from their story, Leah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit already about just how protest and boycotting, particularly when it aligns with protecting the image of God in people, mm. Faith-filled action, and it may very well be a part of some of our listeners' story of being on mission. I know it's a part of my story of being mm-hmm. on mission mm-hmm. in spaces where the Lord has called me to walk in uh, faith and justice. Is then saying, "No, I'm going to raise my voice and yep. stand up and speak out against injustice mm-hmm. and use my money." To Come on, withhold, now. that's what I was about to say. Right, boycotting a lot of times is not just. 
um, right, standing in a park and, and shouting, but often, I mean, in the most powerful ways, in the most influential ways, and mm-hmm. we saw in the civil rights movement is withholding your money yep. from businesses or establishments yes. that are perpetuating well, injustice. I was about that. That's what I was, yeah. in, in some simple ways. I don't even want to throw out companies. I really don't. We don't even but, need to because we don't people even don't need come to. to that own conviction. They but, don't come to their own conviction. But I think there is this real reality of like the complex, the industrial complex yeah. of mm-hmm. the prison systems mm-hmm. and all of these things of the the impact of whole human life and how yeah. it affects how we use our dollars um, yeah. as well as how we speak um, truth to those who mm-hmm. are in places of power, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. And I love that yeah. they're they're engaging in that space and to bring it down to a real basic level, you know, for some of the women, they're like, well, you know, I mean, like, how much impact is that making? Like, listen, allow the Holy Spirit to convict you where you need to be convicted. But I can guarantee you that there are places in your community where people are being trampled over, where life is being um, uh, uh, controlled by power. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. need to speak to those places. I'm I'm throwing out a few places, school Mm -hmm. systems. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of injustice in school systems. And that is a Mm -hmm. huge place Mm-hmm. And foundation is a huge part of people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like we see that there were practices um, during times um, post-transatlantic slave trade, right? Um, that where people, it was illegal for people to read. So it was against the law to do that. So we see that there's injustice everywhere. I just engaged, uh, I saw and observed an injustice yesterday. And I'm navigating through that. I was a, mm-hmm. I had an indignation and it was not righteous yesterday. <laughs> it brought <laughs> Leah brought me back down. But what I'm saying is that those of us who fear God need to, when we see injustice, we should be speaking or holding those accountable Mm -hmm. in truth. Right. Absolutely. And I think too, like, because Because we fear God. Because we fear God, right? And fear God over um, fearing our own perception of ourselves or other people's perceptions of us. Because Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there's a level of discomfort for these Hebrew midwives, you know, uncertainty and risk. And when we're called into spaces where like if I'm, you know, feet on the cement, on the pavement somewhere in a protest, like there's risk involved. There is sort of this feeling of like, well, people perceive as I'm disruptive. I'm loud. Like, especially for women. Yeah. There's this stereotype and this sort of like social pressure to like be subdued, like don't disrupt, don't Mm -hmm. rock the boat. It's like Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. God calls you to rock the boat, yeah, the boat, ladies. Yeah. And and some of us will do it like myself and Leah. You know, we will go to a protest um, and we will march. OK, but also I think that for some of us who are in those spaces of like be subdued, like in the midst of your subduing that you can use that same voice and say, Holy Spirit, convict me and see how I should be speaking to these things and holding individuals mm-hmm. accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a real reality of that, that yeah. God wants us to speak up 
for yeah. life. And in, for and in fact, like the Holy Spirit, I mean, we see this in all, all throughout Acts where the Holy Spirit emboldened people and then they spoke. There's like this sequence, yeah. right? They prayed, they received the Holy Spirit, they were emboldened and then they spoke. And yes. so if you are that person who is a little more subdued in your personality, pray. If the Holy Spirit empowers you and emboldens you to speak, then it's yeah. not even relying yeah. on your own sort of personality, your own whims, but it's speaking out of the power of the Holy Spirit. And he right. is He is able to embolden us able, and empower honey. us to mm-hmm. do what God calls us to do, even in moments where we feel uncertain or afraid or way out of our context or way yeah. feeling way, you know, out of our norm. Yeah. Um, if he calls us to it, right? Like he yeah. emboldens us through his spirit to do what is right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And Leah, I have one more thought to say about gleaning this. And, mm-hmm. and, and I would say that it is what we talked about in the previous mandate that um, the God of creation is caring for womb to tomb. Mm-hmm. And so we are called, that's another thing that we can glean from this story that we see that God is caring for all the parts from womb to tomb. He's talking mm-hmm. about life that is being given and then mm-hmm. he's seeing how life is being multiplied and being fruitful, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just about caring for just the beginning of someone's life, but it's the care of a person's whole life. And we can take that and glean it from this story, right? Mm-hmm. Because these babies were not just, these boys were not just born and dismissed, but they were born and they had a life that preceded that. And yeah. so we care mm-hmm. for the whole life of the individual. Um, and then talk to us about this this other part that mm-hmm. we can glean um, as women today in our context. Yeah, yeah. so I guess, uh, and I feel too like, a little convicted from the spirit to say that we, um, because God's people, the body of Christ, God's family is so multifaceted, right? We, we are not going to be every part of the body, right? Like I, it, right. And as much as I'm saying discern from the Holy spirit, when he calls you to be, to be bold and to speak up, I also think that we operate as different parts of the body, right? So mm-hmm. like there are some who women who come alive being a part of the resistance, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am one of those. I am one of those women. And mm-hmm. so when we are when we are um finding places where our passions, right, align with the mission of God. This is kind of what we were talking about in the last um, episode. Like those are places where God has gifted you, right? Like yeah. you're seen and you're unseen walk in that, you know? And there are other examples throughout. We don't have to be every example in all of scripture. There are other examples. In fact, we're going to talk about Abigail in a minute who comes from a different... um, it's whole a different, different spectrum. She comes on a different angle, but accomplishes the same beautiful purposes. So there is space to really say, okay, Lord, show me who you have made me to be mm-hmm. and show me where those examples are in scripture so that I can glean from that um, mm-hmm. for my life. And there's mm-hmm. all, all scripture is profitable, yes. but not all of it needs to be directly applied yes. over our lives. Like, yes, in, yes. Like copy paste, right? Because yes. we're not, you know, we're not uh, in these same scenarios as the yeah. midwives or or whatever. Yeah. What, what, the, whatever. The, the, yeah, I, I love I love that you're saying that because ultimately this is not a behavior modification. Like yeah, it's a not behavior on, to copy. Right. right. It's like it's not a copy paste on. Right. What the 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 truth that we can glean from this text is to fear God. Amen. 
Okay. That's mm-hmm. that's the takeaway. That's the expansive obedience. We were talking that's about the expansive, expansive obedience. obedience that's is the expansive fear obedience. God. Fear God over any institutional power, any man-made power. That's it. Any, you know, uh, government position. Right. God and obey God. That's over it. Those authority. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely think yes. that expansive obedience and truth that we can glean. Put it in your context. Like, yes. Put it in your context. Absolutely. And the sisters who are on the other spectrum, like you and myself, you know, it's not a comparison or a competition game. Like, that's not the way that you should do mm-hmm. it. No, no, no. Like you said, Leah, there's a whole body and we need mm-hmm. all of that to yeah. reflect um, the mm-hmm. beauty and the and the goodness of God through mm-hmm. injustice. So yeah, talk yeah. to us about, we're jamping on yeah, to so, Abigail I mean, to, and First yeah. Samuel. Mm-hmm. You want me to read? Yeah, I, I can mean, read to, this one. I can read so this one. So I right do want to put, yeah, and I want to put the link in there that we didn't even realize as we were talking about both of these women in one podcast, right? There is a value for life mm. um, and that to God alone belongs the authority to begin and end life. And so like the midwives put their bodies on the line in yes. harm's way to protect the lives yes. of the vulnerable. Yes. We're going to see Abigail putting her body on the line right. to protect preserve God's people and to preserve uh, uh, unnecessary bloodshed. So, That's right. On that That's note, right. It, it, right, which is affirming the womb to the tomb. Okay? Because he said, yeah, I don't I care go. if you a baby or a grown man, I mm-hmm. care about all life. So 1 Samuel 25, it starts um, as this, as she rode the donkey down a mountain pass hidden from view, she saw David and his men coming toward her and met them. David had just said, I guarded everything that belonged to this man in the wilderness for nothing. He was not missing anything, yet he paid me back evil for good. May God punish me and do so severely if I let any of his males survive until morning. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off the donkey and knelt down with her face to the ground and paid homage to David She knelt at his feet and said, the guilt is mine, my Lord, but please let your servant speak to you directly. Listen to the words of your servant. My Lord should pay no attention to this worthless fool, Nabal, for he lives up to his name. His name means stupid and stupidity is all he knows. I, your servant, didn't see my Lord's young men whom you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and as yourself is, you yourself live, it is the Lord who kept you from participating in bloodshed and avenging yourself by your own hand. May your enemies and those who intend to harm my Lord be like Nabal. Let this gift your servant has brought to my Lord be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive your servant's offense, for the Lord is certain to make a lasting dynasty for my Lord because he fights the Lord's battles. Throughout your life, may evil not be found in you. Someone is pursuing you and intends to take your life. My Lord's life is tucked safely in the place where the Lord your God protects the living. But he is flinging away your enemy's lives like stones from a sling. When the Lord does for my Lord all the good he has promised you and appoints you ruler over Israel, there will not be one, there will not be remorse or a troubled conscience for my Lord because of needless blood shed or my Lord's revenge. And when the Lord does good things for my Lord, may you remember me, your servant. And then 1 Samuel 25, 3 says, 
it, well, it makes a note uh, of a couple of things, mm-hmm. and I'm going to let you sort of talk about the seen and the unseen assets of Abigail mm-hmm. in this moment, Leah. So build mm-hmm. us out some framework of what's going down in this here text. Yeah. So first of all, Abigail, she is, she is mentioned. So all of First Samuel 25 is the story of how Abigail intervenes. And so yes. Toshiba, you just read like a, a portion of it. Yeah. But I would commend all the ladies to just read that whole chapter because it is really good um, to get good. the whole picture of her story. Mm-hmm. And so Abigail, she's mentioned that in the very beginning that she was intelligent and beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. These are her unseen assets that the author makes note of, takes mm-hmm. a takes a moment to point out yeah. because I think it will play into her story, right? Mm-hmm. And so the context of this story is, yo, know, like David and his men, they're fleeing from Saul. In the midst of fleeing from Saul, they come to this place um, where all of these sheep are and these shepherds. And mm-hmm. David, he's an honorable man. He's like, I'm going to protect these men and make sure that none of their sheep get harmed. They just out here, right? They right, just right, so right, my right. My men right. can can stand guard. And mm-hmm. he preserves uh, basically Nabal's wealth yes, uh, for he him while he's off doing who knows what. So then it comes time where he's like, the feast comes and they want something to eat. Mm-hmm. They're out there in the wilderness, so they're like, we need to find somebody to um, host us for this feast. So they go right. to Nabal, and um, Nabal's like, who, who you? Who this? Who David? <laughs> right. You, you ain't David. You ain't nobody. Your you, men ain't nobody. Right. And no, I ain't giving you no type of you. meal, no lodging, no food, no nothing. Get yes. out of my face. I don't know you. Go on somewhere, right? And and to David's, um, he says, Nabal says this to David's servants. So David's servants return to him. And David is like, oh, no, he didn't. Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah. After I didn't watch over his sheep, made sure none of his shepherds got, you know, any harm came to them. Now he's going to turn me away. And y'all, in Middle Eastern culture, it would have been a shame. Yes. A dishonor to turn away someone from hospitality. Yes. I mean, it was a it was threaded into the culture to be hospitable, yes. to share your food, to share your lodging, yes. and yes. particularly because don't come to me telling me that he didn't know who David was. Right. Everybody knew who David was. They were singing a song. The whole national anthem was Saul has killed thousands and David, David ten thousand. Come so on now. They, you you got to be kidding. He was literally lying that he didn't know who David was. So first yeah, of all, yeah. let me just say that. Well, he was haughty. Yeah, this is a... Yeah. Now, foolishness is one thing, but foolishness mm-hmm. is always connected to a haughty heart. Okay, come yeah. on now, somebody. So go right. ahead. So this is the context. And Abigail is this fool's wife. And her, her, his men, Nabal's men come to her and they're like, yo, this is what just happened. Nabal turned these jokers around and told and them to go home. And they're coming for us. And they're coming for us. us. And she's, Best and belief. so at this point, she's like, no, you know what? I'm going to take matters with my own hands because this man is a total stupid fool. And so she gathers up goods. She gathers up enough food for a feast. And she goes on her way, solo dolo, mm-hmm. to meet these men and to basically uh, intercept David up on his way to mm-hmm. slaughter every single person that mm-hmm. has to do with Nabal and his wealth. Right, right. So this is where we we come into this encounter, and she inter she intervenes with what have what would have been as it, the passage talks about is just bloodshed and 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 avenging oh, yeah. himself. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And I know that she must have known the heart of God. You know, I think about the Lord saying, like, vengeance is mine. The Lord uh-huh. will repay. Yeah. So um, just believing that she really knew that. And so we're, when we talk about the 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 whole concept of the mandate and Abigail being on mission with the mandate, right. we're talking about this faithful dominion, right? And Abigail... She displays that when she literally gathers up the resources that really belong to her husband, but he's foolish. And she gathers them up for the flourishing of David and his men. And Mm -hmm. so when we see this, we see fruitfulness, right? Fruitfulness, Mm -hmm. she's displaying it. It means producing, fruitfulness is producing what you, from what you are rooted in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so being rooted in God means producing the fruit of God. And peace Mm -hmm. is one of the fruit of God. Yeah. yeah. She commands d- dominion over her resources to channel um, pursuing peace, actively pursuing peace. She's displaying fruitfulness according to the mandate. Yeah, yeah. And girl, not only is she seeking the flourishing of David and his men, mm-hmm. but she speak- she's seeking the flourishing of her husband's men because... Nabal yeah. wouldn't have, Nabal was not out there. It was right. Nabal's men. And they came to her and they were like, listen, he's about to come take all our lives. Like, you know, all and so and, and so she's having this faithful dominion, not just for the flourishing of David and his men, because she does know the narrative of what is happening with David and this lasting dynasty, mm-hmm. just like what it says in the text, mm-hmm. right? This lasting dynasty that the mm-hmm. Lord, um, has orchestrated for David, right, and his household. Yeah. But it goes even right. further. Abigail is also pursuing faithful dominion through peace, not just for David's flourishing and his men's flourishing, but she's doing it for the people in her own household. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she is she is using her intellect. She is mm-hmm. using her beauty. She is using her discernment. She is using what she knows about God and is and what she has been rooted in mm-hmm. to pursue mm-hmm. the mandate of faithful flourishing through fruitfulness of the lives of people in peace mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and like being a person of peace. She's pursuing being a peacemaker yeah, in a peace real time. Maker. Yeah, being a creating peace where there was hostility. Where there was hostility. Yes, Mm -hmm. girl, breaking, Mm -hmm. helping to break down walls of hostility, Mm -hmm. right? There you go. And the fact that she's doing it really for both because Nabal's actions really were hostile. Yeah. And also David, like he didn't really seek the Lord about what he was acting. He was flashing out of his anger, you know, like he was responding out of his sort of like indignance, right? Indignance. We were talking about, yes, I was talking about indignance indignant. earlier. Yeah. And you're about two seconds from popping off. David was about two seconds from popping off, but he had swords and men behind him. So right. the implications were really real. Yes. Um, but yeah, in, in the midst of that, she uses her intelligence. She speaks up instead of playing the role of sort of silent, submissive wife, which would have mm-hmm. been the cultural norm at the time. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, she knew the character of God, that God right loves righteousness and God does not indulge human anger. Mm-hmm. God's anger is righteous anger. It is perfect and justified. And ours is not always that. Ours Come on. is short of being perfect and always being justified. And so she knew that character of God and she mm. she put herself in a space to intervene before um, sinful bloodshed happened. Yeah. And, and then also that her actions bore fruit 
Yeah. David acknowledged the beauty Ooh. and the righteousness of her actions. He's like, may your discernment be blessed because you held me back. Girl. And, and let, may you be blessed because you, you held me back. Because you held me back. Can I just speak to the fact that these two narratives, and we see this in uh, the other narratives too, but discernment yeah. is essential and it's Amen. only given... Through the whole, through the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. For us who are mm-hmm. who are he he comes. He's a counselor. He's a counselor. But we see that there is real discernment. These women are discerning, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can mm-hmm. find myself in that place of being popping off and being yeah. in that indignant role and not discerning. And so, girl, mm-hmm. as I was studying these women, mm-hmm. discernment kept kept coming back to the forefront and mm-hmm. the Lord ha- has been just sort of mm-hmm. chiseling away at my own heart and mind about discernment, being slow to speak, quick to listen and slow to anger because it does not produce the righteousness of God, right? And those things are connected to mm-hmm. being able mm-hmm. to discern well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those Girl. are our practical marching orders for discerning well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And 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 I mean, what we can glean from their story is so essential. I just yeah, got to talk to us about her role uh, in her marriage. Like, well, it, what well, can we glean from? Listen, before we talk about even just like her marriage, let me go to mm-hmm. back to this component of discerning. And right now in our culture and time, there is this real, what I see is there is this lack of thinking well. And I know that we're going to talk about this, but I, I just want to put that out there is like oh, yeah. in the midst of discern, to understand mm-hmm. discerning, we also have to know how to think well, how to discern what is true and what is a lie, how to understand fact from mm-hmm. from falsities. You know what I'm saying? And so I was just thinking yeah. about that yeah. um, in real time as we were talking about discernment too, because right now in our culture, we are getting sound bites every kind of way, every mm-hmm. five seconds. Like even with like video footages and, you know, um, and so many other things, right? Like there, sometimes mm-hmm. there can be backstories. I'm thinking about issues with the, uh, Palestine and Israel. I know this is not a political show, but what I am talking about is mm-hmm. if we do not think well, mm-hmm. our discernment can look mm-hmm. um, very skewed. And so discernment is being able to think well mm-hmm. and then also lean into the wisdom of God. That is what discernment is mm-hmm. and does. So talking about being on mission mm-hmm. in marriage, okay? Let's talk about it. Being on mission in yeah. marriage yeah. Um, it, it is not this just submitting to godless stupidity, right? This godless stupidity. Mm -hmm. But as we see with Nabal, Nabal is this, I mean, it's right there in the text. He's foolish. His name means stupid and stupidity. 
And so he has a he's his name as well as his track record yeah. is being reflected in his right. person. His name is mercy. his reputation. His name yeah. is his, his reputation. His name is his reputation. Ooh, that's a whole word on be, being cautious about mm-hmm. how we name our babies. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but it, it's a true reflection, right? <laughs> a true reflection. Um, and what she does is she knows that. Nabel's track record leans into folly. Like he, he is not reasonable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He is not a reasonable man. Mm -hmm. And so because Mm -hmm. of that, she does not, she uses her discernment. She thinks well, and she does not take up the matter with Nabel. She simply did what was right before the Lord. And we're looking at another context of what Mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier, Leah, right? Mm -hmm. Authority of God over the authority of man. Those Mm -hmm. who um, have uh, authority or power um, uh, in in orchestration in this world, as well as in the context of uh, marriage, and so we see mm-hmm. that God has given um, uh, Nabal this authority, but she knows that he's operating with godless stupidity, mm-hmm. and that's a whole word for us. Once again, when our spouses are operating in a form of godless foolishness. that does not mean that we go in and submit to that. Right. right? Nobody's there, saying go ahead and follow that. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Not at all. It's it, what what God is saying though is that you are moving and you're discerning how you're supposed to move forward in those situations. Mm-hmm. Like discerning should dis- discerning, discerning, mm-hmm. discerning. And so we see that in their marriage. We see it in their marriage, and we see it for the sake of the the flourishing of life mm-hmm. and for um the in, in the context of faithful dominion mandate because Nabel could have lost everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah and that would have been a huge risk to her because wives and women at that time had essentially no cultural rights. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And so she was putting herself at risk for the sake of what was right before the Lord by going outside of this sort of like wealth and covering of Nabal, right? Like he had her, you know, um, I guess like her physical means, like he had her taken care of, right? Like there was wealth there. Right. But there was a, a, probably a, a level of almost like spiritual oppression because of his ignorance and his stupidity. And so her taking a risk of like, if something happens to him, I would be widowed and I would end up honestly the most vulnerable in the situation. And yet she stepped out and did what was right. And the Lord honored that because he brought, he didn't just leave her hanging widowed. He brought her into the house of David um, as his wife. And, you know, in that way she was provided for. And so she really, I believe Abigail really was a thinker, you know, and so this is for all the women who are intellectuals, Yes, have that gift of discernment and sharpened gift and use Mm -hmm. those gifts to think critically towards action. Like we were talking about the critical thinking element, like it has to be sharpened Mm -hmm. discernment and critical thinking are, are hand in hand as far as really sharpening towards wise action, you know, and for her, Jesus, Jesus echoes the the sentiment that we see in Abigail's life of mm-hmm. blessed are the peacemakers and mm-hmm. not just good for you are the peacemakers, but literally blessed. Like she was yes. blessed. And that means that she, she experienced the 
abundance of God by bringing yes. her out from under someone yes. who was stupid yes. and up under someone yes. who was a man yes. of God's own heart in his household. Yes. So he was blessed mm-hmm. by the Lord. And here we see Abigail did that, did all those things. She leveraged her resources for the sake of making peace mm-hmm. where peace was owed and therefore she was blessed. And really, she was on enemy territory, so it could have cost her her own life as well. And David was actually going to go kill Nabal. Mm -hmm. So for all practical purposes, he could have killed Abigail. Mm -hmm. He could Mm -hmm. have. He He could could have. have. He could have. have. But I love this text because there is just such... Um, a not just a posture of humility, but because of her operating in obedience to the authority of God first and seeing this godless stupidity, the Lord is going mm-hmm. before her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so because God is going before her, he is preserving her. He's preserving her. Yeah. And he I also think her. too, like, yeah, David could have just completely like taken her out. But yeah. I also think the spirit, the spirit of God at work in Abigail, moving her towards peacemaking yes. and going before her resonated with the spirit of God in David that he's like, it's almost like that discernment and her walking in obedience caused yes. him to sort of snap out of it. Yeah. Of like, yo, like I recognize that what I was doing was out of anger yes. and that there would have been bloodshed. Yes. And thank yes. you, blessed yes. are you yes. for intervening. Yes. Um, yes. And so I think, yeah, that, that, Unless, that resonated in between the two where, oh, yeah. where God's spirit was the common link. Yeah. And look, and look at what the text says. It says, when Abigail saw David, she quickly got off the donkey and knelt down with her face to the ground Mm -hmm. and paid homage to David. Mm -hmm. She knelt at his feet and said, the guilt is mine, my Lord, but please let your servant speak to you directly. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That speaks for itself. What a powerful example. Ladies, these two these two examples, the Hebrew midwives in this um, account of Abigail, like I just love how there's this link of, like we said, the value of life and regarding yes. life highly and, yes. re- and putting these, both of these sets of women put their bodies on the line for the sake of preserving life. And that is at the heart of the mission of God. When he says, be fruitful and multiply, he's speaking of life Mm -hmm. and life abundantly, physical Mm -hmm. and spiritual life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we see that just the value of these women being on mission. I mean, it is, it is something that we ourselves have gleaned from and we hope that the that all y'all listeners can glean from this as well. Yes, and they did and God did it through their personhood, how mm-hmm. he made them according to their bends, mm-hmm. with their their uh passions, with how he wired them, with their intellect, mm-hmm. with their you know, the the ability to discern, with their uh righteous indignation and mm-hmm. their obedience to him. He did it with all of that. Mm-hmm. He allowed them to be on mission. And I think that that is something that we can, um, we would encourage you today is that God is not telling you to, um, to, to, to neglect 
or he's not seeking to accomplish his mission without your personhood and how he made you and how he formed mm-hmm. you as well. Yeah, I mean, so, he made us intentionally and that is all a part of the story. Yeah. Yes, Thanks yes. So Leah, will you pray yeah. for us today that we can um, mm-hmm. glean from these women's lives and that it would um, take root in our own lives what the Holy Spirit seeks to do through us? Yeah, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive and active and it teaches and instructs us through your spirit. We thank you for the example of these women, the Hebrew midwives and Abigail, who regarded life highly, who regarded you highly, Lord, mm-hmm. um, and acted accordingly to preserve life, mm-hmm. to, um, to seek and pursue your flourishing in the earth. And we thank you that they are living examples for us um, to, to be instructed from and to learn from from, mm. in which you guide us through your word and what that means for our lives. We thank you for the gifts, both seen and unseen, that you've given us, that um, you would use them to mm-hmm. help us to be fruitful and multiply mm. and fill the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a blessed day, ladies. <laughs>